can you uh, think of a particularly challenging role on radio that you met? A challenge that you met? Oh, dear me. Some of them with Orson, anything with Orson was. I think Tender is the Night, which Fletcher Markle did on Studio One, was one of the roughest ones. Uh, that was very hard for me. I was with Jim Daly, and I think he's brilliant. One that was on, for, I think it was uh, one of the mental health programs that Hyde did, called the Dark Room, Dark Corridor is what it was called. And that was very hard for me. But it was very good. And some months ago on CBS Mystery Playhouse, I did one written by a dear friend of mine, Elspeth Eric, about a woman who attempts suicide. It was almost a monologue. Oh, many, many, many challenges on radio. Lots of them. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents I Love the Mystery. adventure thriller that's it put the bed against the door here I'll give you a hand right over there let's go yeah now that ought to do it you got both windows covered with blankets doc yeah nobody ain't gonna peek in this room good Hey, uh, Jack, what's it all about? We've got to do some talking, and I don't want to be interrupted. Our landlady's going to be plenty mad if we don't talk loud enough for her to hear. Well, she's one person I don't want to overhear us. But come on, sit down. I'm going to keep my voice guarded. All right. <clears throat> okay. Cute, fella. All right. Now, two men have been killed and buried dead since we arrived. By wolves. By the maestro. Hey, I say, can you prove that? No, but I believe enough that I'm going to try to prove it. And I believe that's the third murder he's committed since we made his acquaintance. You're talking about the body you touched in the dark boxcar. Yes. Now, Jack... I don't want to argue, Doc. I just want to outline a theory. I think there was a body in the car, and that somehow, after he let me touch it, he threw it out of the moving car. Now, that's one murder. The second was the night our boxcar was shunted onto a siding. That same night, Alky Joe was killed here in Berrier Dent. But, Jack, none of us knew about that killing until Jump and Dick come along and told us about it. Don't you remember? You and Reggie and I didn't know about it. We don't know what the maestro... But we all woke up together the first thing we knew. The car had been dropped off on the siding. That's the first we three knew. We don't know how long the maestro had known it. May have been there for hours. Yeah. Yeah, he could have done it, I reckon. But why? All I'm trying to do now is show that he was in a position to do all three murders. Then the third murder last night. Yeah. Chinese Tom. This morning, the body was found outside his cabin, slashed and torn by fangs and claws. Beastly. And there's something interesting about both these men killed here. How you mean? Alky Joe is a very old, defenseless, decrepit man. So is Chinese Tom. Old, frail, easy prey. I say that's true, isn't it? But, uh, well, what's that mean? I don't know for sure, yet. I'm just stating facts. Yes, but, Jack, how can you possibly link the maestro with Chinese Tom's death? He was in his room here in the boarding house all the time. He was under our eye almost constantly. But Nasha wasn't. Yeah. 
Yeah, Nasher wasn't. And what's more, the maestro said his very self that he turned Nasher into a wolf and sent her out to bring the pack down for a kill. But that doesn't make him a murderer. Well, I'd like to know why it doesn't. Because there isn't a jury in the world who'd believe it. How about it, Jack? You don't have to go as far as a jury. I don't believe it. Well, what would happen if if we'd tell all the maestro said to us to a judge? Well, if the maestro insisted we told the truth, the judge would lock him up in a padded cell and probably find another cell for the three of us for believing him. <laughs> now, we're getting off the subject. I'm not trying to prove how he killed. I'm just saying I think he did. Now, if he's killed three times, there must be a reason behind it. Unless he's just a plain homicidal maniac. Maybe. But I think there's more to it than just that. I think there's some kind of a plan behind all this. I think he's working towards some payoff. Yeah, but look here, Jack. What possible payoff could there be in a place like Barrier Dead more tremendous than murder itself? I don't know. That's what we've got to find out. There's one thing we do know for certain. Yeah? Yes. That what he wants has nothing to do with Barrier Dead itself. Well, how do we know that? Because our coming here was accidental. He couldn't have known our boxcar was going to be left in this forsaken Arizona desert hole any more than we did. Therefore, what he wants to accomplish, he would have wanted to accomplish just as much if the boxcar had stopped in Texas or Timbuktu. Well, then, as I see it, what he wants concerns either the girl, Nasha, or us three. I mean, we're the only elements that arrived in Barrier Dead at the same time he did. Mm-hmm. That's good reasoning, Reggie. Except I don't see how it could be any of us three. After all, we just happened to get on the same freight car with him and Nasha. Our meeting was as much as accident as our stopover in this place. Well, uh, then it looks like all this business has got something to do with Nasha. Yeah, it looks like it. And there's another thing. That girl's completely in his power. So completely, I doubt if she has much will of her own. Well, she seems to like it. Hey, wait a minute. You don't suppose she's a filthy rich heiress or something, do you? I say. Yeah, money to burn, and he's getting her in his power so as he can get it for himself. That couldn't be it. Well, why not? Well, first place, she doesn't show much breeding or background. Besides that, she really is an acrobatic dancer. Just watch her throw herself around sometime. That shows training from childhood. And finally, she told us herself that she'd been with his magician act for two or three years. Yeah. Yeah, that don't tie up, does it? Jack, you still don't think the maestro is a great magician, do you? Well, I've changed my mind. I think he's a very great magician. Hey, you do? Now, don't get me wrong. I still think this mysticism gag's baloney. But his art of deception, his, his ability to take advantage of the average person's gullibility is tremendous. That's what I mean by great. It's quiet. So we know definitely this much. He's got a hidden plan... What he's trying to accomplish has nothing to do with Barrier Dead. He has Nasher completely in his power. And finally, he's a very clever man. I say, that isn't very much. Well, it's a beginning. And on top of all that, we suspect him of committing three murders. Hey, Jack, if you forgot something... What's that? Tonight's the night he said he is going to turn one of them wolves out yonder into a man. No, I haven't forgotten. It's early yet. Wolves haven't started to howl. Well, what are we going to do about that? You suppose there's going to be another killing tonight? I doubt it. The remaining residents in Barrier Dead are frightened. They're staying indoors tonight with loaded guns. Any wolves or pseudo-wolves prowling around tonight are liable to get a dose of lead. Well, what about us? Are we just going to ignore the maestro's big moment? Hey, let's don't do that. If he's going to turn a wolf into a man, I'd kind of like to be in on it. Don't worry, we will. But there's something more interesting than that going on. You mean what he's doing in his room? Yeah, he's building something. Oh, is that what all that sawing and pounding's about that's been going on in here all day? Where'd he get his tools? Dry Gulch Mary let him have them. Well, do you have any idea what it is, huh? No. I'd bet money he's knocking together some contraption or another for one of his tricks of magic. You mean he wants to impress us some more? I don't know. But it's all a part of the whole plan, whatever that is. Yeah. Company. Hello? Gentlemen, I have completed my task. You've done what? I have completed my task. Well, what about it? You will do me the honor of coming into my room and viewing it. Hey, he wants us to go in his room and see what he's made. Looks like it. Well, let's go. Gentlemen, 
Waiting. All right. Just a minute. Uh, give me a hand with the bed, Doc. Yeah. Take it away. There. This way, gentlemen, if you please. You seem awfully anxious for us to be in on this deal. You talk in readiness, Mr. Packard. I don't think so. Uh, right in this way, please. Well, uh, where's Nasha at? I have sent Nasha out into the night on a mission. That's so? Is, uh, is that what you've been working on there under that blanket? That is it. I have invited you in here for the unveiling. Well, pull off the blanket and let's have a look. Now, those are my intentions. You're ready? Yeah. Go on. Pull her off. Yes. Mm. There you are. I say. What in the deuce? But I don't get it. What's it supposed to be? Uh, what does it look like? Looks like a big pine board box. But that's just what it is, Doc. A homemade coffin. A coffin? Exactly, gentlemen. A rough but sturdy casket. Ooh-wee. What you aim to do with that? That will hold a body for burial tomorrow. Whose body? That's a strange question, Mr. Packard. Who's dead? You mean you spent all day building a coffin for Chinese Tom? And why not? I am the cause of his being dead. You... You just out and out admit that? Certainly. I told you the wolves would come. I told you they would kill. And because you caused his death, you've gone to the trouble of making him a casket? Could I do any less? Well, if this ain't the craziest one yet. That's a very decent job, don't you think? Yeah, you're certainly all right with a hammer and saw. I think this Chinese Tom person should rest more easily. If it hadn't been for me, poor fellow would have been thrown into a hole, covered up, just as Alki Joe was. Yes... Yes, he has a great deal to thank me for. Yeah, such as being dead. We must all die, some today, some tomorrow. I say, are you saying someone is going to die tonight? No, no, not tonight. I have more important things to do. More important than killing folks, huh? Yes, tonight is my great experiment. Tonight I turn the big wolf into a man. That'll be good, if you do it. Oh, I'll do it. When? I have sent Nasha out to bring him here. Bring the wolf here? They should be here soon. Now, looky, Maestro. If you're kidding... When they come, the wolf will be striding beside Nasha on his two hind feet. He will have the form of a human being. Yeah, that's great talk. You still don't believe? No. You? Well, all I got to say is, whether you're telling the truth or not, you're one hombre that ought to be locked up. Ah, I'm sick of your shallow mind. Wait. Hold on. Huh? What's the matter? Windows open. Something outside. <laughs> it will be Nasha and the wolf. Jack! Jack, look at that. There in the moonlight. Hey, it's a man. He's carrying Nasha in his arms. Look at his face. It's covered with long hair. Stand back, please. Something's happened to Nasha. His face is covered with long hair. Coming right up to the window. Please stand back. Here, I will take the girl. Mm. Poor little Nasha. Poor child. Just standing there. Did you ever see a face like that? Eyes dead. Mouth hanging open, covered with hair. It does kind of look like a wolf, don't it? Gentlemen, Nasha is dead. Dead? Nasha's dead? Dead. Here, let me see that girl. She's dead, I see. We'll see about that. You're a medical man? I know enough. Dead. She's cold. She's like ice. Dead. No pulse. I fear our experiment tonight has been too much for Nasha. 
Wolf, go back to your kite. Aren't we going to Wait a minute. I want to see that man. I have sent him back to the pack. Well, I'm going out that window after him. I'm not through with him yet. Jack, Jack, come back here. Stay here. Don't leave that man for a second. Stay there. Dead. Nasha. Dead. And you did it. You did it just as much as if you'd plunged a knife in her heart. Coffin. So I made the coffin for you after all. I wish Jack hadn't gone out there. A big coffin. But it will give you room to sleep more comfortably. Initially running at 7.45 p.m., Mutual moved I Love a Mystery at 10.15 in 1950. Although geared for teenagers, it obviously wasn't standard juvenile programming. Many listeners remember tuning in under blankets with the lights down low. But as entertaining as the program was, by 1952, television was taking over in big cities. One man's family began running on TV in 1949. Tony Randall appeared in telecasts. Did you ever do one man's family on TV? Yes, yes. Not on radio, but I was on the TV series. That was my first series. That, I was on that for about a year, year and a half. That was live, too, in the early days, about, I don't know, 49, 50. Did they have, uh, was that written by Carlton E. Morse, too? Do you remember? He wrote some of it. They, they had gone back to episode one in the radio series, uh-huh. all of which he had written. And he farmed out some of the writing to the fellow who played Clifford, who was James Lee, J- Jim Lee, the well-known. He was the, an actor on it, as I say, Clifford, but he wanted to be a writer, and he's become a very well-known writer. He's now a Hollywood writer-producer. His most famous play was Career, if you remember, a big mm-hmm. hit. Mutual ran as a cooperative rather than a corporation. The network's top stations, WOR in New York, WGN in Chicago, and Don Lee's KHJ in Los Angeles, they all boasted powerful signals. But while Mutual had the most affiliated stations of the big four networks, many of these other ones were small stations in rural areas. This limited their advertiser appeal. As families left cities and farms for the suburbs, the network's shared programming structure left it at a distinct disadvantage against NBC, CBS, and ABC. Those three networks would use their soaring revenue to move into TV. Although some of Mutual Affiliates developed television programming, the full network was never able to launch into the new medium. adventure thriller Reggie are we gonna just stand here and let Jack go out after that thing alone well I bally well don't like it the moonlight is fraught with danger tonight all right fella let's do something about it Doc Jack said to stay with the maestro look Reg if we was to hog time hand and foot that'd be just the same as stayed with I say of course don't touch me Reggie get a sheet off that bed Christ I warn you don't touch me now looky maestro you can you can take a choice you gonna sit down in that chair and let us tie you up or you want I should lay you out like a carcass you dare touch the maestro you bet I dare now which is it gonna be and talk fast insult on insult tear up that sheet Reggie I know now I ain't fooling you want I should bop you oh very well 
You think you're accomplishing anything? Tie me up. Now you're talking. Sit down. Ah, the ways of fools are beyond comprehension. Give me some of them pieces. Now you tie up his feet. Christ, now put your feet together, maestro. Death out there in the moonlight, and you, you fumble with ropes. Ah, ah, there. Now put your other wrist over this here arm of the chair. And that takes care of his feet. Ah. Now go over and spread that other sheet over Nash, you poor little thing. Dead because of this fat creature. Ah, ah, there. Now I reckon that'll hold you. Fool. Maybe. But uh, you'll still be here when we get back. All right, Doc. Yeah, let's go. And, and Maestro... Well, while we're gone, you might just as well sit there and look at Nasha under that sheet yonder and think what's about to gonna happen to you for killing her. Get out of my sight! Come on, Reg. Climb through the window. Right up. Right behind you, feller. Now, then... Did you see which way Jack went? Yeah, down the draw. Uh, he'll give us what for if we're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, and, and he'll uh, likewise be plenty glad if he gets himself into mm. trouble. Just enough bloody light from the moon to confuse a person. Well, it's better in plain darkness. You think we ought to yell to him? Well, not unless we can't find him any other way. That horrible creature that brought Nasha's body to the window. Yeah, nightmare. Not a word, just a gaunt, hairy face with dead eyes and its mouth hanging open. Hey, hey, wait. What's the matter? Was that something moving just ahead of us? I didn't see it. During this moonlight, does fool you, don't it? Well, come well, on. Well, if you think you saw something... Well, I ain't sure. No use just crouching here right. anyway. There's one thing, Doc. Yeah? If Jack was in trouble, he'd let out a yell. Well, we might not have heard him. Well, I don't know. Sound carries belly well over the desert. Did you bring a flashlight along? Right. No use using it here, though. Well, I didn't mean that. Just have it handy, it's all. Mm, right. Sometimes I wish we wasn't so doggone pure. What's that? Not carrying pistols on us. Time like this, there ain't nothing that'd make me happier than having a pistol in my pocket. No, Jack's right, though. Much better off without them. Maybe. A time like Help this, don't... Hey, it's a girl. Come on, come on, let's get going. Somebody, somebody, We're coming. Keep yelling. This way. This way. Joe, this belly sand. Hey, hey, I can see a light up yonder. We're coming. We're coming. This way. Yeah, yeah, we can see your light. Hurry, hurry. Oh, it's happened, it's happened. Okay, here we are. What is it? What's the matter? Right over here, right over here. Hey, it's jumping. It's daughter Lord. Look, look here. I say, a man, is he dead? I don't know, I just found him. Hey, uh, hold your flashlight still. Oh, my hands are trembling, so... Here, g- give me that light. Uh, there now. Doc, Doc, it's Jack. Didn't I tell you? Is he? Doc, is he? No, no, of course he ain't dead. You're sure? What's the matter with you? Can't you see he's breathing? Oh, good, good. Hey, hey, look here. A cut on his head. Oh, I say, what a blow. Yeah, somebody is waiting for him here, here in the greasewood. Jumped out and whammed him. Uh, but he's going to be all right. Of course he is. When did a bump on the head ever hurt Jack? But I say, let's not stand here. Let's get him back to the boarding house. Oh, do you think he ought to be moved? Oh, yeah, that part's all right. But looky, Reggie, something's funny. What do you mean? Look at his clothes. Hacked or off. Are you sure there's no wounds on his body? Yeah, I just look. Well, then what does it matter? I can carry him. Well, uh... But, but what'd they bop him on the head for and then tear his clothes off? I don't know. All we're interested in now is getting him back to where we can give him first aid. Yeah, you better let me give you a hand. No, no, I can take him. Up, up with it. All right, there. Now, let's go. Then, then if you don't need me, I... You better come along with us. Oh, but, but I've got something I must do. Well, it'll have to wait, because you're coming with us. You're making me come? If you want to put it that way. No, I won't. Oh, you won't, huh? You let go. Come on, sister, cut it out. Go with me, dear. Why, you... Oh, ouch, please. Well, then, now, calm down. Do as you're told. Twist 
girl's arm. What kind of a man are you? Well, you asked for it. Now, come along now. Go on, Red. Right over. Well, what possible use can I be to it? Jack was slugged. You was out here when it happened. I've got some questions I want to ask you. Oh, you, you don't think I did it? I don't know. But I didn't. I, I was just out here, and I, I stumbled over his body. What was you doing out here in the first place? Looking... Looking for something. That's so? Honestly. Do you very often go out looking for something in the desert at night? Oh, I was looking for my father. Jumping Dick? Yes. Well, what's he doing out here this time of night? I don't know. That's why I was so worried. That's why I was out looking for him. Yeah? So Jumping Dick's out wandering around through the desert tonight. I reckon maybe I'd like to talk to him, too. Well, you don't think my father did this? Uh, you want some help, Reg? No, I'm doing all right. But you mustn't think he did it. Father's mild, gentle. He's the biggest liar I ever run across. Who's the biggest what? liar you ever run across? Well, hey. Father. Hey, jumping dick. Dad burn right as jumping dick. And I just heard Texas here call me a liar. All right, Dick, come on. Join the parade. What you mean, join the parade? You're coming up to the boarding house along with your daughter here. You just plain got your heart set on marrying that girl. Father, you stop that. Well, now, look, If you mention marriage once more, I'll leave Barry. You're dead, and I'll never come back this time. Yeah, sure, Lori, sure. It's just my little joke. Come on, Reggie's getting ahead of us. Come on, Dick. Uh, Don't mind if I do. What's going on around here, anyway? You ain't the bird that sap Jack, are you? Sap Jack? Why, say, why would I want to do that? I like that fella. Yeah? You can let go of my wrist. I won't try to get away now that I know where Father is. Do you mind my hanging on to your hand? Yes, I do. Well, all right, then. Have it your way. Doc, come and open the door for me. Yeah, sure. Come on, you folks. Shall I take him to his room? No, I'll bring him in the maestro's room. Then we can uh, keep an eye on the maestro and fix Jack up at the same time. I know. Lead the way. Here. Come on in, everybody. Lay him on the bed, Reggie. So, you're back. Hey, hey, what you got this fat fella tied up for? Huh? Keep him out of mischief. Doc, Doc, Jack's coming, too. Hey, he is? What's the matter with him? Oh, it's uh, some more of your funny business, I reckon. Oh. Oh. a boy, fella. Uh, take more than a slug on the head to lay you out. Oh, what happened? Somebody slugged you, son. Uh, get some water, Rich. Right away. Feeling pretty lousy? Oh, what a head. You ain't kidding there. You've got a bump as big as a goose egg. Know who done it? Uh, let me think. Yeah, well, here's the water for you. Here. Take a slug of this. Thanks. Where am I? Lying on the bed in the maestro's room. Oh, oh, yes. What happened? Well, you hopped out the window after the nightmare with the hair on his face. Somebody let you have it out there in the dark. Yes, I remember. Know who done it? No. I got me from behind. I remember a movement in the bushes and then shooting started. Yeah. Funny thing. All they did was tear about half your clothes off. Tear the... Doc. Doc, the money belt. Money belt? Hey. Hey, you mean they got that? So that's what this is all about. You mean some two-tailed sippy cats grabbed our 25,000 smacks? Shut up, you fool. But, Jack, who knew you had the money belt? Hey, you mean you've been robbed? You keep out of this, Jumping Dick. Yeah, but all I ask I said it is none of your business. Now keep your nose out of it. Sure, that's the way you want it. That's just how I want it. What a crazy idiot I've been not to realize. Realize what, Jack? Never mind. Say, you say I'm lying on the maestro's bed? Yeah, why? 
But Nasha was lying down here when I left the room. Hey, hey, Nasha's buddy. But where is it? Didn't I tell you two to stay here and watch the maestro? But, Jack, he couldn't have done it. He's tied up over there in his chair. Tied up? Hand and foot. But he's the only one who could have moved her. But I tell you, he didn't. He's tied up tight as a tick. Don't worry, gentlemen. Nasha's where she belongs. Where's that? If you lift the lid of the coffin over there against the wall... Coffin? We'll just have a look and see. Hey, hey, what's going on here anyway? Yep, she's here, Jack. She's here in the coffin. Where she belongs. But look at her. She ain't wearing her black tights no more. What's that? All laid out in her prettiest dress. She... she's dead? But, but who did it? I did it, gentlemen. The heck you did. You're all tied up. The ways of the mystic are beyond mortal comprehension. Well, I will say this. She's about the prettiest corpse I ever did see. With dramatic radio on its way out, the writing was on the wall. The final mutual I Love a Mystery adventure aired on December 26, 1952. By then, the Red Scare was a major issue in the entertainment industry, as Hyman Brown remembered. It was tremendous in radio. You had, there was one operator who had a chain of supermarkets, Johnson up in Syracuse, and he boycotted the products of General Foods or Nestle's. If they used people that were blacklisted, and the blacklisting was in the hands of, a, I don't want to go into it because it's way, way far back, but John Henry Falk sued this Johnson man. Neiser, one of the great attorneys of our lives, was the attorney, and they won. The book was written about it and all, but unfortunately, poor Hen John Henry Falk never received a penny because this Johnson guy was bankrupt. It was um, a strange time that had no rhyme or reason to it, but Roy Cohn is the backbone, and he was McCarthy's ears and eyes and helped him carry out all of this evil. But when you think of the wonderful people, Welsh, the lawyer from Boston, and mm -hmm. Edward Murrow, thank God that we live, I hope, in an age now where all of that is just history. But it was it was not just the films. No, the Hollywood Ten came long before McCarthy. Mm -hmm. McCarthy hitched onto that in order to make himself that much more important. But the Hollywood Ten was very, very special, and, uh, well, there's a man who still I visit with occasionally and still writes, he just did a book, a very successful book, Howard Fast. He went to jail because he wouldn't say who he worked with or who he went with and so on. It's, so radio was definitely affected. Uh, oh, yeah. sure. Oh, you, very much so. Very much so. Oh, the sponsors. I, mean, I talked about Everett Sloan. Uh, once you got yourself into that Red Channels, uh, or they named you, you lost your livelihood. Yeah, I guess radio, because it is sponsored, you have brand names and things. That's right. In the movies. There was no television yet in 51, 52, 53, or very little. There was television, but very little. And their livelihoods really still depended on radio and, of course, films and things of that kind. But bad times. O'Neill, Carlton Morse adventure thriller. Sleep well, Nasha. 
sleep well. Well, that's that. There's one thing I don't understand, Jumping Dick. There's a lot of things I don't get myself. No. I mean, there's a lot of violent deaths and quick burials going on around here without much regard for law. Uh, law don't get out this way much. Well, in my opinion, it should. How can it? Ain't no roads in here. No roads at all? Well, I reckon the closest road's 40 miles over that way somewhere. That's great. Ain't no telephones, you know. Only thing we got's the railroad up yonder, half mile. And trains scoot by us like scared rabbits. I know. By the way, why was that boxcar shunted off on the siding up there? One you fellas come in? Yes. One of the wheels froze on it. You mean they backed it onto the siding because it was out of order? Yeah. Wheel froze. But why is the siding out there? Isn't there any industry that has use for it? There used to be a mine back on the desert. It's shut down now. I see. Jack, Laurie here is just telling me and Reggie something interesting. Well? Uh, Go on, Laurie. Tell Jack. Well, it's about the money belt you lost last night. I didn't lose it. Someone slugged me and stole it. Yes, I know. But last night... Laurie. What? You be careful what you say. Oh, but, Father... It ain't good going around shooting off your mouth in these parts. You're the one who's talking too much, Jumping Dick. All I'm saying is... Well, don't. Is... Now, what were you going to say, Laura? Yes, I'd, I'd like to hear it, too. Oh, you would, huh? You want to repeat it in front of the maestro? Oh, yes, I think so. Then go ahead. Well, last night, about five minutes before I stumbled over you, when you were unconscious, I saw someone... Sneaking along through the greasewood in the moonlight. Can you describe him? I don't think so. Well, you know everyone and bury a dead. Could it have been one of them? Well, I... I thought it was a girl. But you're the only girl in this place. Except Nasha. Nasha was dead then. Well, I say, how about our landlady, Dry Gulch Mary? No, it wasn't Mary. I'd know Mary any place, even if it was pitch black. And it wasn't. It was moonlight. You're sure it was a girl? Oh, Yeah. Yes, I am. It just plain don't make sense, Jack. The only females in bury your dead is Dry Gulch Mary, Laurie here, and Nasha. Well, she swears it wasn't Mary, and Nasha's dead. What makes you so sure it was a girl? Because she was wearing a long white gown. It flowed out behind her in the breeze. And I know she was young because she was so lithe and free. She moved almost like a dancer. Dancer? Hey, wait a minute. Nasha was wearing a long white dress when we found her in the casket. But Nasha was dead. Or was she? Oh, look here. Hey, hey, you don't suppose we went and buried a girl what was still alive, do you? Oh, that's horrible. Nasha was dead. I examined her carefully. I was looking for some kind of a trick from the maestro here. Nasha is dead. I know she's dead. I took particular care to find out. But it's just like Texas here says. If it wasn't the Russian girl, the way Laurie says, then... Who was it? I say, I guess it would then have to be Dry Gulch Mary. Yeah, but Laurie says it weren't Mary. But he'd just plain have to be. But it wasn't. Can you picture dried-up Landon and George Mary floating gracefully across the desert with white robes trailing behind her? It was a manifestation. What's that? What's that you say? It was a manifestation. Come again, will you, fat boy? (laughs) I turned that apparition loose upon the desert... One of the small, lovely creatures out of the mystic world beyond. Oh, go lay down, will you? Uh, Just a minute now, just a minute. That's a darn good idea if he can do it. I have done it. I mean, say, any time you're a mind to, you can reach into the empty air and pull out a pretty girl. Rudely put, but that's what it amounts to. Real live girl with... Flesh on her bones and hair on her head. My dear, unimaginative little man. 
The girls appearing in my manifestations are perfect in every way. Uh, you don't say. And you can do all this without the help of a couple of slugs of Mountain Dew? I beg your pardon. A panther sweat, white mule, apple squeezing. <laughs> I do not follow you. Maestro, what jumping dick means is, can you pull pretty women out of your sleeve when you're sober, or do you have to have a skin for it? I never touch intoxicating liquors. Well, call me Cecil. Say, Maestro, now how about you and me getting together some evening and having a party, huh? <laughs> Father. Oh, sorry, Laurie, sorry. Slip of the tongue, forgot you was hanging around. Father, uh, you don't believe what this man is saying? No, no, matter of fact, I don't, but I'm hoping. <laughs> well, you're hoping in vain, Dick. Now, don't go saying that. Well, you are. My soul's full of wind, a big, noisy wind, that's all. The day will come, Packard. When you will rue those words. Well, maybe. But, Jack, we still haven't got an explanation about what Laurie's seen. If it wasn't Mary, and Nasha was dead, there are two possible explanations. Either Laura was mistaken in what she saw... You can rule that out. I was not mistaken. Or else there's another woman in Barrier dead we don't know about. Mm, living in a jackrabbit hole, I suppose. Yeah, that sounds pretty silly. Well, at least they're reasonable explanations, which are more than the maestro has to offer. I have had enough of this meaningless prattle... I wish to be left in peace. Oh, he wants to be alone. If you please. Well, go right ahead, fella. Our chunder is a whole day. Will you go? Oh, I say, why? I wish to sit here besides Nasha's grave and meditate. Go right ahead. We'll go back to the boarding house. Anyone going our way? Yeah, I reckon me and Laurie will walk spell with you. All right, come on. What a strange. Strange man. You were just leaving him here? Not keeping a guard on him? No, let him alone. Jack, uh, what was the reason you made us roll that big boulder down on the top of Nash's grave? To make sure it isn't disturbed. What's that? The grave and the dry sand could be tampered with without anyone being the wiser. That boulder on top of it, Nash will rest easier. But who would want to, to open a grave? I don't know. I just wanted to make sure. Well, if you ask me, that was a dead gumdus burying I ever did see. I certainly agree to that. I don't think I'm going to stay and bury you dead much longer. Oh, Laurie, don't say that. I don't belong in this place. I need to be closer to civilization. And you'd be just as happy, too, for me. Oh, no, sir, Dad Burnett. I was born a desert rat, and by crotty, I'm going to die a desert rat. I'll leave you here. I'm going back to the cabin. You coming, Father? No. I reckon I'll walk with the boys, please. You won't? I should walk with you, Laurie? No, thanks. Good evening, gentlemen. Quaint. Bye. Yeah. You know something, Jumping Dick? What's that? You should ought to be shot, keeping a nice girl like Laurie out here in this hole. Uh, that there's what I come along to talk to you about. Yeah? You had a pretty good chance at sizing Laurie up by this time, huh? I reckon. Well, you made up your mind. Done what? Made up your mind. You gonna marry the girl, or ain't you? Oh, look here. Now, looky, Dick. That ain't no way to talk about that little old girl. Ah, what you mean? Well, Laurie's too good for her pappy to be going around trying to peddle her off. Well, then how else is a man gonna get shed of a daughter? Tell me that. Why are you so anxious to get rid of her? You heard it, didn't you? You heard it with your own ears. If I don't get some man to marry her and... Get her out of here. She's going to yank me out of here. And you don't want to go. And what's more, I ain't going. Now then, if Texas here, uh, work on her a mite. Now, looky, Dick, I'd be... Well, I'd like mighty well do you a favor. I'd like mighty well, too, but 
Well, I reckon you'll, you'll have to look somewhere else. Oh, I swear to goodness, I don't know what's the matter with young fellas these days. Ain't you got no blood in your veins? Why, say, when I was a young buck, I'd have I'd rid a mule 50 miles just to get a look at anything as pretty as Lordy. Sorry, partner. Ain't no use pressing you? Nope. That's sure? Final? Reckon so. Well, I sure ain't got no heart to do what I'm gonna have to do then. Hey, what you mean? Well, if a fella can't get rid of a pretty daughter one way, then he has to get rid of her in another way. Oh, I see. Hey. Jumping Dick, do you mean what we think you mean? That ain't none of you fellas' business. I'll be separating from you here. Dick, you lay a hand on Lori. Lori, something I got to take care of. Yeah, something I got to take care of. Jack, do you think... I don't know. Sounds ridiculous. Yes, we can't take a chance. Hadn't we ought to go warn Laura? Well, we might circle around, go over to their cabin, have a look. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, not too fast. Might get the idea we're following him. Of all the crazy old buzzards. Well, we'll take care of him if he tries anything funny. Now, forget him for a minute. This is the first time I've had a chance to talk to you two alone since I finished the search. Uh, for the money belt, you mean? Yes. No luck? Not a bit. Been through every cabin, shack, and lean-to in this place. Without folks knowing him? Yes. When I finished with them, I took each of the 18 residents separately, questioned them, and searched them. Hey, you searched them? I did. Well, how about Laurie and the Dry Gulch Mary? Well, I searched Mary... I had to take a gun away from her, but I didn't. <laughs> I should like to have seen that. I didn't need to go over Laura. The kind of clothes she wears would have shown the money belt. Then we ain't any closer to finding our $25,000 of reward money than we was. No. I didn't expect to. I just went over the town as a matter of course. Well, what do you mean you didn't expect to find it? Because I've known all along who has it. You do? Hey. Well, what are we waiting for? Because I don't know where he's hidden. But who are you talking about? Well, the maestro, naturally. The maestro's got our 25 grand? Certainly. Oh, but, Jack, we were in the maestro's room with him at the time you were out there being hit over the head. I know it. Well, then how... I don't the... know how. All I know is that the maestro has our money and not a little living soul in Barry or Dead knows anything about it. Well, I'm a son of a gun. You know that? Positively. Well, and we ain't going to do anything about it? Not just at the moment. There's no way he can get out of Barry or Dead with it without us knowing about it. Let him think he's pulled the wool over our eyes. Then when we're ready, we'll go for it. Well, you're doing it. But there ain't nothing that I'd like better than to sink my fist into that fat bay window clean up to my elbow. Mm, quite. Well, we're getting close to Dick's cabin. Keep down. Yeah. There goes Dick inside me. If we're careful, we can get right up to the window. Mm. Listen. And I gave all three of them something to think about before I left them. You told them that you were going to kill me? Well, not just out and out with so many words, but they sure got the idea. Now that the $25,000 has been stolen, what's the good of going on? Maybe it's stolen. Maybe it ain't. You mean Jack Packard spread the word around just to throw us off the trail? Yeah. So how he know we was on the trail, I can't figure out. You ain't made no breaks, have you? No. And I think you're wrong. I think the money has been stolen. Packard searched every house and bury your dead. He searched this cabin? Yeah. Why, blast his ornery No, never eyes, mind right? that. If the money is gone... Well, it's still here and bury your dead. Yes, of course. It's here because there ain't no way for it to get out. And if it's here, I can find it. Have you an idea where? You bet I got an idea. That fat man up at the boarding house. With a maestro? He's got it as sure as dogs got fleas. I wonder. You bet he's got it. But he ain't going to have it for long. No, sir. Not with jumping dick around. Jack, 
Did you hear what I did? Come on. Let's get out of here quick. I smell murder. 